Expand and impact. Internal transformation for external impact. Achieve your goals without sacrificing yourself. I'm Violetta Znarkowski, but you can call me Violet. Welcome back to another episode of the new Expand and Impact podcast. I'm your host, Violetta Znarkowski, and this is a space where we discuss how you can create a successful life that is an authentic expression of you, and we also explore the intersection between personal development and gender equality. I'm really excited about today's episode and topic and to share it with you, and I hope that it will help you normalize some of the things that you experience on a day-to-day basis that actually all of us as humans experience, but perhaps aren't taught in the systems that we're a part of whether it's our family system or our school system. If you've ever experienced self-doubt, then this episode is for you, and I would be really concerned if you said you haven't experienced self-doubt. It's such a human thing that we all experience, and yet there isn't enough dialogue around it, and enough, I suppose, explanation of the root of it, where it comes from, how it starts, and some of the things that we may have experienced in our younger years that keep us in this loop of questioning whether we're doing the right thing, if we're on the right path, what we could be doing better, how we should be, how we shouldn't be, and all of the things that come with that. So without further ado, let's get into it. We can be big and small. That's something the systems we live in don't want you to know. We are pushed to be big or small, this or that, strong or weak, successful or a failure, man or woman, skinny or fat, black or white, happy or sad. But what if we all started a practice of letting go of all of the labels, letting go of the things that we identify with that trigger us into feeling a need to be one way or another? Labels that make us feel bound to a standard, to an expectation that simply does not feel natural, that actually isn't natural. Labels are identities we take on, some that we agree to and some that are placed on us without us even noticing that we unconsciously agree to. So I want you to take a moment wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether you're in your car, whether you're on a walk, whether you're holding a newborn baby in your arms, just taking a moment for yourself, taking a breath. Imagine this. You are moving through life at a very young age and someone says you're a woman or a man. You write it down on a sticky note and stick it on yourself, this label, woman or man. Then someone else comes along and they may say that you're a bit too much or a bit too loud are a bit too intense, and you write those qualities and characteristics down on a sticky note and place it on yourself. You continue walking knowing that you're a sister or a brother. You write that down too on a sticky note and place it on yourself. One day you decide or you realize that you're, sh- you're smart and strong. You write that down on a sticky note and you stick it on yourself. Or maybe you consider yourself to be weak and be someone that is just your average human. You write that label down. You stick it on yourself. Next to all of the rest, 
And then maybe one day again, someone says that you're a bit hard to love or you're too opinionated. You write those things down too and you stick it on yourself. Before you know it, you're covered with a bunch of sticky notes, not knowing who the heck you are anymore. All of these labels that we take on, whether we agree to them or not, whether we choose them for ourselves or they're chosen for us, come with certain expectations. They come with certain stereotypes, right? This is how a professional woman should act, for example, how she should look, how she should speak, how she should behave. This is how a sister or daughter should act should speak, should behave. This is how a person from this country or with this skin color should act, should speak, should behave. Some of the labels we choose, some of the labels are placed on us. The labels that we identify with, though, aren't necessarily the problem. It's our relationship with these labels, how we interpret them, and what we decide they mean about us, what we decide is possible for us because of them. So the question then becomes, do we believe them? And do we make decisions in a way that reflects who we should be, how we should be, or how we should behave, instead of who we actually are, who we want to be, and how we feel on the inside? I don't know about you, but for a long time, I felt like my external environment, my life on the outside, didn't completely reflect how I was experiencing it and how I felt on the inside. I would be really surprised if you didn't resonate with this, at least for a short time at some point throughout your life. As a human being, you are here to be, to be a full expression of yourself, however that looks and however that evolves and changes over time. You have the capability to be many things that support you in feeling free, in feeling at ease with who you are, how you are, where you're going, and who you want to be. Learning to be the fullest expression of yourself in a world that is constantly trying to label you, tell you who you should be and how you should be, some call authenticity. Brené Brown, after all, was one of the first people I remember who made authenticity authenticity and being authentic go viral, right? But authenticity doesn't just happen. Authenticity is actually a journey to the self and through the many different selves that exist inside all of us. It's a journey of self-compassion and self-acceptance. It's a journey of learning to exist with your multitudes and your complexities and learning how to bring these different parts of yourself into your work and into your relationships and into your life in the safest way possible. The reason why the idea of authenticity has blown up in recent years and grown in popularity is because many people don't feel like they show up fully as themselves. They don't feel comfortable showing up as themselves or they simply don't understand what that even means yet. Because All of these labels are masking the truth that is behind them. Authenticity is the shedding of these labels that we take on and that we accept throughout life until we come to a place where we can see ourselves honestly and truthfully. And that doesn't always feel good. And it's not always an easy and short journey. In fact, 
it's a journey of a lifetime that once you embark on it, you start to peel back layer after layer, shed label after label, and everything that's attached to it, everything that's been standing between who you are and who you want to be. Or another way of looking at it is between who you are and who everyone has tried to convince you that you are and that you should be. Authenticity isn't crying on social media. It's not being vulnerable in front of people who can't hold that vulnerability and who haven't necessarily earned it. Being vulnerable for the sake of vulnerability actually can harm us more than it helps us at times. And if we aren't received in the way that we wish to be when we do, um, I guess, present ourselves as vulnerable when we tap into that vulnerability, we tend to hide more into ourselves. We tend to retreat more and put more layers of armor up because something about that interaction actually felt unsafe. Authenticity also isn't being so assertive where you come off as aggressive. It's not speaking your mind freely without considering the consequences of your words and the impact that they may have on the person who's on the other side of them. I can go on and on about what authenticity isn't and how it's being misconstrued and misrepresented in society and especially pop culture and pop psychology and on social media. But let's pivot a little bit here and take a moment to consider what authenticity actually is or can be and how that can look like in your life and for you. Authenticity is learning to be with all of the complexities, experiences, traumas, and emotions of being human. It's learning to let go of all of the should and shouldn'ts so that you can develop the skill of consciously choosing your next steps and your reactions based on how you are experiencing the present moment. I'm going to repeat that. Authenticity is learning to be with the complexities, the experiences, the traumas, and the emotions of being human. It's learning to let go of all of the shoulds and shouldn'ts and expectations of how we think we should be and show up so that we can develop the skill, and it's a skill, it doesn't just happen, of conscious choice. Consciously choosing our next steps in life, consciously choosing relationships that are actually healthy and not replicating past patterns that maybe have been passed down to us or that we have learned because we didn't have um, good role models in that area of our lives. And it's learning to consciously choose our reactions as well. So how we respond to things based on how we are experiencing the present moment. This happens little by little. So now there is a biological reason as to why we cannot create big shifts all at once in how we want to feel, how we want to show up, and the quality of our thoughts and our behaviors and our actions. There is a science and an art as to why authenticity is a journey and not something that you just wake up one day feeling comfortable to do and knowing how to do. So here's a friendly reminder that anyone who is trying to sell you a quick fix is an excellent salesman because there is no quick fixes when it comes to really uncovering the depth of who we are so we can 
experience big shifts within ourselves and within our life. You don't need more information. What you need is to learn how to experience the information that you already have or that you're interacting with. So here's another friendly reminder that it's experience and application of information that actually creates the changes that you wish to see within yourself and within your life. Okay, I sidetracked a little bit here. And right now I want to share a perspective with you that expands more about what we're talking about. So for those of you who don't know, I am a first-generation American. By the way, that's a label. And I had the privilege of spending many of my summers growing up in Poland, visiting my family and my grandparents who remain there. And I remember when I was a kid, I really missed my friends during the summers in Poland. A part of me knew that I was really lucky to have parents who cared enough to keep me connected to my culture and my heritage and to expose me to travel from such a young age. But then there was this other part of me who missed her friends. I wanted to be included and I was scared that if I was away for the summer, my friends would forget me when I got back. A pretty relatable experience, right? The fear of being left out when you're a kid and even as an adult. I remember expressing how conflicted I felt to one of my parents. They had the best intentions with how they responded when they told me that I should be happy, that I should be grateful and happy because I'm making new friends and I'm having all of these experiences that my friends at home weren't having. After this interaction, though, I felt such immense guilt and shame for feeling the way I did. I felt like what I was feeling was wrong because my external environment was perceived as right. Maybe you've had a similar experience like this before, where your outside environment and circumstances didn't reflect how you experienced the moment on the inside. It wasn't until I was in my mid-20s, after spending the majority of my life feeling like I don't exactly belong anywhere in particular, I had adopted the labels of being Polish, but also being an American, Two polarizing labels that didn't fit well together. Because the reality was people perceived me as either being American or being Polish. In Poland, I was the American girl, and in America, I was the Polish chick. I was noticing that how I felt didn't make sense compared to what I could visually see and logically understand about myself and about my life. These are obviously really philosophical questions that I assure you, young me had no awareness around whatsoever. This is the version of myself in my 20s that really went on a journey to uncover and discover. But unfortunately, the little me who was experiencing this didn't have the language or the support at the time to make sense of it. And this is something that is more common than not. You simply don't know what you don't know, and you can't really learn these things from people who haven't exactly embodied it themselves, embodied these little bits of wisdom themselves. Because until you start to experience the information that you know or that you come in contact with, it's just a nice idea. What we are taught is that our reactions and emotions have to make sense, quote unquote, in the context that we're in. For example, if you're at a funeral, 
the expectation is to feel sad. If you're getting married, we're taught that this is a happy occasion and that you should feel happy. Well, this is really confusing information because as humans, we are not that simple. 80 to 90% of how we experience the moment and our life is actually influenced by the information stored and held in our body, in our subconscious. And only about 10 to 20% of how we experience the moment is reflective of our thoughts and emotions. And the numbers on this vary. Um, Some argue that our thinking brain is responsible for only 5% of our reality and how we perceive reality. So 5% is even less. But the moral of the story is that the majority of the information that dictates how we experience our day-to-day is run by the programs that we hold in our body and in our subconscious. So it wasn't until I was in my mid-20s that I picked up a book that finally put words to my experience. I understood for the first time that excitement and sadness can coexist. I understood that hope and grief could coexist too. And so could all the complexities of your identity and your experience. That we don't have to choose singular labels to live our lives by, but we can allow ourselves to be multifaceted, allow ourselves to be multi-passionate, multi-dimensional. We live in a culture that is afraid of vulnerability. And vulnerability is the cornerstone of authenticity. And vulnerability can only exist when we learn to lean into the depth of our full emotional spectrum in a safe way and in a timely way. This is not something that can be forced. This is not something that happens when you show up and cry on camera to a room full of strangers. This is a very delicate process because the armor that you've built up throughout your life, throughout the years, serves a purpose and it's there for a reason. And you cannot just rip off the layers of the armor that are there by design, that are there by design to protect you and to help you thrive in the safest way possible. When someone is sad, we want to fix it. It makes us uncomfortable. Or we want to start giving advice when what's actually needed is support. Or when our advice giving doesn't work, we want to explain the feeling away with logic. We try to create a story that could explain why we shouldn't be feeling a certain way or why we have every right to feel a certain way. And we base this rationalization on what we've been taught is normal, what we've been taught is acceptable. When someone is happy in a situation that doesn't look joyful on the outside, we call them crazy or we criticize them. Struggling to understand and to comprehend how they could be experiencing happiness or cheerfulness at a time like this. We create these boxes for billions of people to fit into, leaving the majority standing in a shape with their backs hunched over and their arms hanging out distorted in different directions, not sure what's wrong with them, questioning their very own sanity, questioning their very own worth and their very own capabilities. Twisting and turning yourself to fit in Instead of considering that maybe, just maybe, it's the shape that doesn't fit you. 
maybe it's time to get rid of the shape completely and experience the full complexity and multidimensionality of your human experience. When we do not learn to lean in to the depth of our full emotional spectrum, that's when we suffer and experience disconnection. We experience a fragmentation that's really hard to make sense of when you don't know the language and when you're not surrounded by people that have done their own work. Or we choose an identity, a single box, and make our personality fit into it and our choices fit into it too. We attach all of these labels to ourselves that polarize the depth of who we are. We label ourselves as one thing, but not the other. All with a sole purpose of fitting in and belonging somewhere. For some, this is much easier to do. And for others, the deep feelers and the deep thinkers, it's harder. Not only do we label ourselves, but we label each other. Our brain is a natural storyteller and something that is really characteristic of how the brain works is that it likes to complete a puzzle. It likes to have a whole picture, even if that picture or conclusion isn't true. So we label other people too, we judge them, we criticize them, just to make sense of where their place is and where they belong, so that we can feel more comfortable and safe within ourselves. We choose labels to define ourselves by, or agree and accept labels that are given to us. Smart is a label, daughter is a label, white is a label, black is a label, happy is a label, aggressive is a label, leader is a label, activist is a label, employee is a label, mother is a label, too much, too little, not enough are all labels. Need I go on? We can make a list of thousands and thousands of words that dictate the decisions we make and how we show up, the things that we are measuring ourselves against. So when we feel or do something that doesn't perfectly reflect how we believe this label should appear, should present itself, we get overcome by these confusing emotions that we just can't make sense of because they don't make sense given what we've been taught or not taught. Just like in my example of being a young girl and expressing to one of my parents that I was feeling very conflicted in how I felt and actually really sad that I was leaving my friends behind. There was a part of me that knew I should be grateful, knew I should be happy, and I was happy and I was grateful. But there was another part of me that felt really sad. So can I tell you a little secret? You are allowed to be more than one thing. You are allowed to feel more than one thing at once. You can be brave and you can be scared at the same time. You can be happy and you can be uncertain at the same time. You can be big and you can be small at the same time. These contrasts don't take away from who you are or where you're going. They actually add to the depth of who you are and reflect your authenticity. They reflect your humanness. It's not always about self-love. Sometimes it's about self-acceptance and self-compassion for being human. But first you have to learn the language of what it means to be human. You have to widen your understanding of what is actually normal, 
despite being taught that what you experience or what you feel doesn't fit perfectly into the context that you are measuring it against. We have to broaden the context instead of measuring ourselves based on external appearances and expectations. We have to turn our attention inward and learn what is normal for us and form a deeper relationship with the parts of you that may have been told there's not enough room for them. That younger version of yourself that was told they're too loud or too quiet or too opinionated or not assertive enough, who armored up and started to be very selective with what they would say, how they would say it, just so they can fit in, just so they can feel validated and appreciated and wanted and loved. This is nothing to be embarrassed about. This is vulnerability, is talking about these topics, is talking about how human all of this is. Did you know that a core, fundamental human need is connection? Every single person on this planet has a deep longing to be heard, to feel seen, to feel acknowledged, and to be loved. And without the tools and the understanding of how we can be the full expression of ourselves in a world that isn't always the kindest, how we can actually show up authentically, peel back the layers of the armor we've built over a lifetime. And did you know that without the tools and the right support and a safe space for you to lean into yourself and lean into this wider spectrum of experiences that we all experience as humans, reflexively, a human will choose unsafe connections over no connection at all. We will choose to put on different labels and masks if it means that we will fit in and be included and wanted in some way, even if it doesn't feel true to us. So there is no room for shame here because this is a biological response to our environment. This is what your body has evoked in doing to keep you safe, protected, and make sure that your fundamental needs of connection are met. You were never meant to fit into a box. Boxes create separation not only in the world around us, categorizing people and how we expect them to act, and how we expect to experience them, boxes not only separate us from other people and deny us our birthright of deep interpersonal connection and authentic success, but boxes also create separation within. They make it nearly impossible to journey to self-acceptance and self-alignment and authenticity. When we don't allow ourselves to feel what we feel, despite how we should feel, how we think we should feel in the moment, then we cannot feel the depth of that emotion. And we experience an inner conflict. When you reject anger or sadness, you can never know the full depth of gratitude, pleasure, joy, and love. When we allow the hurts we experience to define us, or worse, to mean something about us, to further stuff us in a box of who we are or who we are not, the scars and the armor we build up over the years to keep our vulnerable and sensitive parts safe, the parts that long for connection, long for pleasure, 
long for joy, long for excitement. We become afraid to lean into pleasure, to lean into joy, to lean into support. These qualities that exist on the other side of the spectrum of fear, hurt, pain, and rejection. We begin to question whether the good times will last whether we are truly deserving of them anyway. We fear feeling good for the potential of losing it, unable to be fully present with the moment and with the people in it. But the present moment is all that exists. So here's an unpopular opinion for you. Authenticity doesn't just happen. You don't suddenly wake up feeling ready to step into the fullness of who you are and be unapologetically that. Authenticity is a journey. It's a process of untangling ourselves from all the labels, all the expectations, all the shoulds and shouldn'ts, and choosing to walk towards yourself, to see yourself behind the armor that you carry. Because what's more important than anything else is the relationship you have with yourself and whether or not you see yourself. I've carried armor for years, not realizing I was doing it. On the outside, I looked successful. I looked happy. I was getting paid to travel the world and shape the minds and hearts of people. I was a female manager in charge of a team, breaking generational norms on the outside, living a career that my mother and my grandmother and my great-grandmother did not and could not. They just simply didn't have the privilege that I was born into to even try at a career that I was having and that I continued to build for myself. And yet, generational change starts from the inside and flows outward. It's less about how your life looks to the outside world and how your life feels for you every moment of every day and whether or not you have the capacity to be with what is and to meet reality for what it really is. That is the hardest part. We have to rewrite our stories and uncover ourselves so that we can show up and do in a way that not only looks good on paper and is perceived as making it to the outside world, but also feels good for us individually. That leaves us feeling confident and empowered but also strong, even when we feel weak. Stable, even when we feel like we're about to lose it. Because polarity is a part of being human. It is not a sign that you've done something wrong or aren't doing enough of something. Contrast is a necessary part of leaning into the depth of who you are. You have to learn how to recognize the contrast, how to hold the contrast without identifying with the contrast. Now that sounds confusing and contradictory, right? So basically, just like our experience of being human, a little bit confusing and contradictory at times. But that's just it. We are allowed to change our minds. We are allowed to change and evolve. We are allowed to make different choices and different decisions if our current life and our current surroundings do not reflect who we are on the inside. All right, 
Well, as we wind this episode down, because that's all I have for you today, I want to invite you to rewatch the replay of a free masterclass I hosted just a few weeks ago. It's called Three Pillars to Sustainable Success so that you can create the type of change you want to see in how your work and life feel. Because remember, information that stays in your mind is simply that, cognitive, intelligent information. But it doesn't translate into wisdom, it doesn't translate into embodiment until you actually learn to practice it and learn to apply it. So, if you are interested in this free masterclass, the link for it will be in the show notes. Otherwise, if there is a part of you that is curious and ready to lean into some support and not do everything on your own, there are mentorship opportunities with myself through Expand and Impact that can support you and guide you to those deeper levels of awareness and personal growth so you could start to see some massive shifts in your personal and professional life and endeavors. So what we do at Expand and Impact is experience-based. You are guided through very specific techniques and processes and equipped with many tools that you can integrate into your everyday life to really help you live the things you want to see so they actually stick and the changes and evolution that you're going through is going to last. So that's it. Masterclass link is in the show notes. And if you're interested in mentorship opportunities, all you have to do is reach out and I will be in touch with you really soon. As always, with so much gratitude, thank you for being here and cheers to your health, wealth, and happiness. I'll catch you in the next episode. Remember, expansive education plus inspired action equals an impactful life. 